Welcome to Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Sophia Osborne. And I'm Olivia Debersky. Thanks to everyone who's ordered from our store in the past couple weeks after our shop update. We're so happy you're enjoying our sticker sheets and die cut stickers. If any listeners are interested in checking our stuff out, you can find our merch store at etsy.com slash shop slash beyond blathers. On today's episode, we have, that's my drum roll, hopefully it doesn't sound horrible <laughs> on the mic, we have the angler fish, or as it's called in the game, the football fish. I'm very excited. I forgot that this fish was in the game, actually, until I like looked up a list of fish in the games. I did too. I guess we did the barrel eye, which kind of has like a similar kind of creepy, like glowy situation, but is different. Yeah, it's super different. This thing, well, it's like an anglerfish. So if you know what an anglerfish is, that's what we're talking about today. We love deep sea creatures here, so I'm excited. But yeah, let's see what Blathers has to say. So if you bring a football fish to Blathers, he'll say, The football fish is a strange and grotesque deep sea fish with a lantern-like light on its forehead. Its light is apparently powered by luminous bacteria and other glowing microorganisms. One theory says it can spray these luminescent sidekicks when prey approaches in order to dazzle them. The deep contains many mysteries, as well as some things that are just sort of odd and off-putting. True. Yeah, I like... I like the deep... Like, just saying it that way. So, yeah. It's so atmospheric and spooky. Okay, sorry. I'm just reading the fact that he says one theory says it can spray these luminescent sidekicks when prey approaches. I have not encountered that in my research. And Ooh. I'm just having a moment where I'm like, huh, I, I don't know where he found that information, but I looked pretty hard into anglerfish and that never ever came up maybe blathers conducted that research himself maybe <laughs> or that's just his own theory that maybe. he just made up <laughs> i mean we'll talk a little bit about what that glow is later and i can see how maybe that's possible but yeah that's very strange oh well <laughs> i don't have time to research it now <laughs> uh, oh being in a master's is fun so much so much limited time. Yep, I'm totally not super burnt out right now. No, I'm not. It's not 9.30 and I'm having my third cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, no. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> to the anglerfish. I'm sure our listeners have seen images of this fish at some point in their life. Like we're talking about those deep sea creatures with the massive heads those tiny little beady eyes, and that little glowing fishing rod on their head. It was featured in Finding Nemo. It's a classic uh, with the big long teeth. So I'm sure you've seen it somewhere. And their name, Angler, focuses on that whole like fishing for fish situation. But honestly, if I were naming this creature, I'm not even sure what I'd be most likely to focus on, like the fishing or that face. That face is just, there's nothing like it that I can think of in the entire world. Yeah, and the name football fish kind of confuses me even more because I feel like that makes it seem pretty, I don't know, like kind of silly or like 
like goofy goofy yeah and it doesn't seem to fit it at all like is it football sized or football shaped like why is that name do you know like kind of it's not even like that big really like I guess sort of it's a little bit smaller than a football so I don't really know I think they just named it that because of its shape but I I feel like it's kind of a poor representation of the actual organism petition to have them be renamed yeah I mean most of them have great names like if you look at the list of anglerfish there's like the goosefishes or monkfishes the frogfishes sea toads batfishes and then you get into the sea devils um and there's like a whole suite of sea devils and these things called the dreamers and they're just like another group of deep sea anglerfish honestly i feel like we could do like probably a lot of episodes on the anglerfish and i'm gonna try and like fit in the more like general bizarre facts because you don't even have to go that deep into the research on anglerfish to like find some really (laughs) some really bizarre stuff So, but I recommend, honestly, just, like, give a little scroll of the Wikipedia page. There's, there's quite a variety of weird stuff in there. Wow, that's really cool. I did not realize that there were that many anglerfish. Yeah, I mean, like, if we want to talk about when they were first discovered, they were discovered in 1833 in Greenland when a deceased anglerfish washed up onto shore. And the specimen was given to Hagman Reinhardt, who was a professor of zoology at the University of Copenhagen. And that fish that Reinhardt found was the Atlantic football fish. There's multiple football fish, but but yeah, that was one of them. But let's talk about the, about the taxonomy and yeah, how many are there? What is this group? It's quite interesting. So the football fish is part of the order Lophiiformes. So the anglerfish, and they're known as a group for that little bioluminescent light bulb they dangle around at the end of that little like fishing rod on their forehead. But this living glow sticks appearance will vary wildly between species. That lure, it can be short and stubby. It can be a crazy long thread looking thing. It can even look a bit like a sea anemone on a stick. Or it can have some kind of colorful, frilly, round pom-pom on the end. There's a huge variation, like seemingly endless combinations, or at least endless to 200 species, because that's how many species of anglerfish there are. There's 200 species in about 16 to 18 families, depending on what source you look at, because taxonomy is complicated and disputed. But... I should also mention that some of the sources I found said that there's actually 300 species, but I'm not sure if that number is like an estimation of how many species likely exist or if that's a current number of the described species. So let's say like 200 to 300, basically just a lot of species. It's kind of amazing we've found that many at all for such a deep sea creature. That's a, yeah, I had no idea. I kind of just assumed that anglerfish was a species. Yeah, me too. This is this is all brand new information to me and quite exciting because they all look, I mean, they all look distinctly like anglerfish because nothing looks like them. But at the same time, they look very different from one another. Going back to the lures, though, they're so unique to the species. And that's really helpful because we can use the lure as an identifying feature for that species. And when anglerfish are found, 
they're usually really mushy and like decaying on a beach somewhere. So thank goodness for the lure to tell us a little bit about what that species is. I was looking at the Royal BC Museum's page on anglerfish and they were talking about anglerfish of BC. And they had these photos of the specimens they apparently have, or at least had photos of. And I had to laugh at these specimen photos because, I mean, they look like anglerfish, I guess, but they mostly just look like like brown mush. <laughs> like, yeah. Look at these f- pictures, Sophie. It's so funny. They look like different piles of like decaying garbage or something. <laughs> yeah, they look like a rotten banana peel with yeah. teeth. But I can see the lures. The lures are very distinct. You can see the lures. They're nice and distinct. They're very clear. It makes me wonder, like, I guess if they were fossilized, I wonder if the lures would be, like, the main thing you'd see. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. They're sort of artistic in a way. Like, they almost look like paint splotches or something. Like, the whole fish. I don't know. They're they're definitely weird looking. They would be cool in, like, a Studio Ghibli movie or something. There's one that reminds me. I'm just looking at these anglerfish specimens one of them reminds me a lot of like the ghostbusters ghost like the green goo one yes like yeah. with just like the really big mouth and like just the rest of it is blob that's that's what it's serving for me that's very that's really cool yeah i think for this episode we're going to pretty much focus on the deep sea anglerfish which are called the serratoids and the football fish is located within this group Basically, football fish is a family within the group, and it's called the family Hematolyphidae. I hope I said that right. But yeah, we're going to focus on the deep sea anglerfish. And how big are anglerfish? You said that the football fish are like a little bit smaller than a football? Yeah, it's really interesting because there's a big size variety within the anglerfish species, but they're all like kind of small fish. Like, I would not call them big fish at all. The smallest individuals are less than an inch long, while others can get as big as 39 inches long. We'll talk a bit more about why you see such a dramatic size variation later on in the episode. But I really think anglerfish are subject to like crazy size overestimation by the general public. It's one of those creatures where there are so few photos and videos of them alive And the few photos and videos that do exist are taken in the deep ocean with literally nothing around for size context. And so, yeah, it's so easy to imagine these things as much bigger than they are. I was watching a video from the Monterey Bay Aquarium's Research Institute, and they had a video of this anglerfish. And I thought, oh, like this anglerfish must be like a foot long. And they said it was seven centimeters long. It was kind of amazing. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess a lot of times too, I mean, even thinking of finding Nemo, I feel like the anglerfish in that looks like huge and terrifying because you're from the perspective of like another small fish. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's so funny too, because like, I guess in finding Nemo, like the size is like a tiny bit exaggerated, but also like a clownfish is so small. (laughs) It's not even like they had to really dramatically inflate the size of this thing. And the largest that they get is an anglerfish called the warty sea devil, which has to be like a lyric in a sea shanty somewhere. It's an amazing combination of words. Great name. Excellent. And here the females are about two and a half feet long, with males being only half an inch long. 
but we'll talk a bit more about that dimorphism later. All this to say that, you know, not all anglerfish look like that Finding Nemo anglerfish with this dark colored body and these long, horrifying teeth. Just to talk a little bit about the variation in appearance, I'm kind of branching out to all anglerfish here, so not just the deep sea anglerfish, but one of them is the fanfin sea devil. Now, this one is deep sea. And while its body looks a lot like this sort of regular scary anglerfish, it has these long, glowing, elegant tendrils like cascading from all over its body. And it's really quite beautiful in this haunting, ghost-like way. These tendrils are also thought to serve as some sort of fish spider web in the sense that if an unfortunate morsel of prey happens to swim and brush up against the tendrils, the vibration will travel up to the body of the anglerfish, which would be able to basically whip around and gobble up the prey. Apparently, they weren't super sure when they were observing this fish whether this glowy light coming off the tendrils was bioluminescence or if they were just reflecting back the light of the submersible. But it was a really beautiful video. If you search up anglerfish, you'll likely encounter it. But it really looked like these tendrils were just glowing, this beautiful white light. Wow, that sounds really haunting and beautiful. Yeah, and it was just sort of like floating there. Like it wasn't even really swimming. We'll talk more about why that was later. But yeah, it was it was particularly strange because it was so still. But there's another shallow water anglerfish called a sea toad. And I think it looks a lot like Jigglypuff. Like it, it also kind of looks like one of my dog's favorite toys. Like this translucent pink plastic ball with short spikes all over it. Anyway, that's what the sea toad looks like. And then it's got like this tiny blue eye and this kind of like cute big smile with no visible teeth when its mouth is closed. So if you search up sea toad, you'll probably see what I'm talking about. So that one looks very different from a traditional anglerfish, although it still has that very large head and big mouth. Oh, that's so cute. Oh my God. (laughs) Isn't it adorable? Like it's literally just grinning. I want it. It really does look like a toy, like a toy ball. It's just so like plastic looking. Yeah, I love its frowny face. It's so like me. (laughs) It's giving me. And it like, it's got like little feet. Yeah, it really does. It looks like a little like drawing, a kid's drawing of a dinosaur or something gone wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I think if I saw this, I'd just be like, wow, look at this wonderful little alien from a Pixar movie. Yeah, it's so cute. Definitely look this up if you can, the sea toad. And yeah, I mean, this is not the only colorful anglerfish there's a whole family called the frogfish that live also in shallower waters and they will camouflage themselves to look like bright colored orange yellow or pink corals and they'll have all sorts of like weird like seaweedy looking things coming off of them to help them camouflage there are also other shallow water anglerfish that are a little bit more like brown and speckled in color and really good at camouflaging in the sand. So there's a big variety. Wow, the frogfishes are beautiful too. Wow. Very, very different looking as well. Yeah, it's so funny. I feel like they're photogenic from some angles and then other angles they're really not. (laughs) Yeah, they all look pretty 
different the frogfishes, but you can really see how they camouflage with coral and like that ecosystem. My goodness. Sorry. I just like searched up frogfishes for the first time. Like I was watching, I was looking at photos of them on websites, but I just like kind of Google imaged them. And there's this photo, like the second photo that comes up is of this like orange and purple set of frogfishes. And they literally look like they're like compressed on the sides and they look like a long spongy coral. They really do. Like they don't look alive. Whoa. Sorry, this is probably not interesting audio to be listening to, but <laughs> like just please, everyone has a phone. Go go search it up. It's really cool. Well, we'll post some photos too on our social media. Yeah, definitely. We'll have to. And so where do anglerfish live? You said some are more like deep sea and some are more shallow water. Yeah, they they most of them live in the deep sea and then some live in shallow water, but they also live around the world. Uh, most species can be found in the Atlantic and the Antarctic oceans, which I feel like is a dispersal that like we don't hear super often with the fish. Like it's always like most around the tropics. And yeah, there's plenty around the tropics, but yeah, a bit more of a concentration in the Atlantic this time. Interestingly, only about 162 of these species um, of the like 200 to 300 species I'd mentioned before live in the deep ocean. The others can live in, yeah, the shallower waters, places where there's corals. Some live along the continental shelf. And within all the groups, there are some which prefer to live sort of close to the seafloor and then others who prefer open water. Those that live near the seafloor often have this flattened body and their mouth will sort of be gaping upwards. It's sort of like that flounder position. But because they have such good camouflage... They basically just look like a giant face in the sand with, like, a terrifying mouth. (laughs) So the photos of them are are pretty disconcerting. Ultimately, though, most species of anglerfish are extremely rare to see. They're seldom observed in their natural habitat. And it's kind of amazing to me that we actually know as much about them as we do. Like, it just sounds like they're so hard to find. And can we talk more about the lore? Because that's definitely, I guess, the most iconic thing about anglerfish. Oh, totally. So if you know anything about the anglerfish, you've got to be imagining that lure that just sort of dangles ominously in front of their mouths. But only females have these lures. They're also called esca. And that lure or like the sort of stick it hangs off of is a modified dorsal fin spine. So yeah, basically like a chunk of fin. Depending on the species, the lure will look a bit different. As I'd mentioned before, the lures will sometimes have sort of stringy or fleshy bits hanging off of it. And yeah, of course, they'll have that bioluminescence. Sometimes they have different pigment patterns or different rhythms of flashing bioluminescent light. So those indicators, particularly the rhythm at which the light will flash, can indicate what species they are. Now, not all anglerfish will have that flashing light, but those that do, it's like an extra little indicator of like, I'm the species, which is useful when you're trying to find a mate. That makes me think of, maybe this is a niche reference, but there's that song by Maggie Rogers called Light On that's like, oh yeah, the light on, I need the light on. And I'm just like, oh no, I'm never going to be able to listen to that song without thinking about anglerfish. It's about anglerfish. <laughs> That's fine. 
Anglerfish are cool. It's romantic. That to ang- to Maggie Rogers. <laughs> I'm like, sure she loves anglerfish. I think she'd appreciate it. That's a good song to represent the anglerfish because yeah, the light is a very good way to find mates in the very deep ocean. Obviously, also they use it to attract prey that they're gonna eat. The deep sea is just so dark. Like this is beyond the twilight zone that any sort of light is extremely useful. And how does it glow? Blather said it's like a combination of bioluminescent stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me paraphrasing him. <laughs> yeah. So the Eska is able to grow to glow with the help of bacteria that live in these sort of like tiny compartments inside the lore and sort of around the lore. And these bacteria glow and the complex structure of the lure is able to magnify and project that light outwards. That's so cool. Wow. What an amazing adaptation. It's so interesting. And like, it sounds a lot like there's some really complicated science that happens trying to study this. And they're trying to figure out like, okay, is the bacteria like passed on from like mom anglerfish to baby anglerfish? Or is it an environmental bacteria and they seem to think it's an environmental bacteria but because they have very similar they like compared the genes of the bacteria in one anglerfish in like one ocean to one that lived in another ocean and it was like very similar genetically so they figured like okay it must be like a group of bacteria that are all over the place and because otherwise you would expect the genes to be quite different if they're being passed on and i thought that was just like how how do you extract the genes from a bacteria on the tip of this tiny fish? <laughs> like This like mushy fish. <laughs> yeah, like that's just amazing to me. Anyhow, getting back to it, like they have other tricks up their sleeve to capture prey and avoid becoming prey themselves. One of which is that some species of anglerfish take their color camouflage to a whole other level by being so black that 99.9% of light particles are unable to reflect off of it. So it's kind of like that special kind of paint, if you've heard of it, that's called like the blackest black and it like absorbs light. It's yeah. essentially like the same thing, but in an anglerfish. They're like void fish. Yeah. So the way it works is that, you know, color is created when or we observe color when light particles, photons, reflect off an object. And some of those particles are unable to escape the object and are basically absorbed. And the photons that bounce off will result in the color we see. But with black, less of that light escapes the object. In the case of the anglerfish, while they do have black pigment from the melanin in their skin, the very structure of the skin is deeply complex, kind of like a maze. And it makes it really hard for photons to bounce off the fish. They basically like get lost in this molecular maze and fewer of them are able to bounce off and away from the fish. So yeah, they're just like this void of color. That is wild. They have like skin (laughs) mazes that the photons get lost in. That's why is that like actually maybe the coolest science thing I've ever heard. (laughs) I mean, I feel like maybe I'm being dramatic about it, but they basically were like, yeah, it's just like really complex structure that like messes with the path of the photon. It's so amazing. That's so cool. Wow. Like, man, that's like next level. That's like invisibility cloak. 
Yeah. Wow. It makes it extra spooky when you like picture the whole, I keep bringing up Finding Nemo, but like the whole scene where there's like the light and then suddenly it like, the like anglerfish sort of like opens its mouth and you see like the gleam of the teeth. Like that yeah. just, that image is so much more like scientifically accurate and makes it scarier, <laughs> at least to me. Yeah, this is giving me like a breakthrough for the short story that I'm working on right now for class. Oh, amazing. All your short stories are going to be about excellent deep sea fish. They're going to be all deep sea. Well, because right now it's about a lighthouse. So I'm like, what if the lighthouse is kind of anglerfishy? Ooh. What if it's it's kind of a lure of some kind? Oh, I love that. Oh, that's so scary. Ooh. Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> you should write, I love yeah. writing short stories in like October because they always end up being spooky. I love a good spooky short story. Yeah, so uh, anyway, getting back to like why they do this. I mean, there's so many predators out there in the deep sea who are using these tiny, tiny bits of light they can produce to shine off of the very rare prey that they encounter. It's, it's their flashlight. But the deep sea is super dark and empty. So when there's even the slightest bit of an object for the light to bounce off of, a predator gets really excited. It's like, you know... They're normally just sort of spitting light off into the void. So when they get something back, it's like, yeah, that's it. But if less of that light bounces off of a prey, that's just one more way to hide in the darkness. Now, speaking of the darkness, female anglerfish don't have much reliance on their vision. And their eyes are very small. But what they do have to make up for their lack of vision are pale dots in various locations around their body. And these dots are tiny sensing organs that help them detect fine changes in sort of pressure or vibrations in the water that help indicate whether prey is near. Ultimately, they are ambush predators. So all of their adaptations sort of support that. I think the only trait that makes anglerfish like slightly less terrifying is that they're not really built for speed. As I said, they're ambush predators, so they aren't swimming long distances to hunt down prey. They're very top heavy and they don't look particularly aerodynamic. They also really don't want to be spending extra energy on moving around unnecessarily because the deep sea is cold, food is scarce. They really have to save their energy. So some anglerfish, um, kind of like the one I talked about that had those like long tendrils, um, it'll just kind of float around until food appears. It'll really avoid swimming actively too much. And what are they actually eating? Like what do they lure in with this lure? They're primarily eating other fish, but stomach content analysis has also shown that they'll eat various crustaceans like shrimp, as well as squids, worms, and lanternfish. And because of those absolutely colossal mouths they have, they can easily gulp down prey twice their size. And their stomachs are also extremely flexible and can widen with a hearty meal. I was watching a video from the Natural History Museum and they had a specimen in a jar. They said it was like one of the biggest specimens they had. And it was like, it wasn't very big. It was about the size of like a melon, um, like a honeydew melon or something. But its belly was like fully engorged and they said that it was a pretty rare specimen so they didn't want to like cut into the stomach to see what it had eaten because they don't want to damage the specimen. So they put it in a 3D scanner and they found that it had eaten this like 
this fish that was quite long. Like it was a little bit longer than the anglerfish was. And the fish was just sort of like curled up in its stomach. It was crazy. That's wild. It's so wild. But I've left the like most insane part of the anglerfish biology for last because I'm just like, I'm never going to get over it. (laughs) So I had mentioned that the males of the anglerfish are much smaller. Um, It's very extreme sexual dimorphism, uh, a difference in the two sexes in appearance. So the males are very, very small compared to the females, usually around six to 10 millimeters long. So yeah, we're talking like an inch long here or less. And that makes them one of the smallest adult vertebrates in the world. Is this a specific species or? It is kind of in general um, for the deep sea anglerfish. They're all really, really tiny. And they just kind of look like regular fish. So the ones you would see pictures and stuff of are all females? Yeah, they're all females. Cool. Yeah. And so males, they don't have that lure. They're kind of out of luck when it comes to hunting. But it doesn't matter. They're not really made for getting food because they don't really need food. Their main goal is just to find a mate. And they're really good at scouting for those very pretty-faced female anglerfish. The eyes of the male are well-developed, and it also has really large nostrils. And the reason for that is, you know, to better smell the sweet scent of the beautiful female anglerfish. I don't know what an anglerfish would smell like, but I am a little bit curious now. But it (laughs) has those nostrils to smell pheromones. Not only are the nostrils large, but they're apparently the largest nostrils of any animal on Earth in proportion to its body. It's a very weird record to hold. Oh, wow. But there we go. Some Jeopardy facts for you. And it really needs them, though, because it doesn't want to accidentally start to follow the wrong pheromone trail and end up at like a whole different species of anglerfish because that would be a massive waste of time and it would probably never mate if it made that mistake. So each anglerfish species has a very specific pheromone type and it has to follow that one. Now, when a male anglerfish finally encounters its female It's got to be so thrilled because finding a mate in the deep sea where there's nothing but darkness and squids is hard work. And they're one of the very small number of male anglerfish that will successfully mate. Like very, very few of them find a lady. But once they found a female, they won't bother looking for any more mates. Instead, the male bites onto the female with these modified teeth that look more like a set of pincers than like the needle-like teeth of the female. And for some species, those males will bite and they'll never let go. So these are sexually parasitic males. The male eventually physically fuses to the female. And he does this by releasing an enzyme that digests the skin around his face or wherever the skin is making contact with the female. And he'll lose his eyes, his skin fuses to hers, and eventually they will even share the same bloodstream from which the male is fed. Even the organs inside the male will all sort of break down, except for the testes, of course, because the female would have no use for the male otherwise. And then ultimately, the two anglerfish become this sort of self-fertilizing organism. Most species of anglerfish will only have one tag-along mate, but others will have up to eight on one one female fish. I am, like, stunned into silence. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just let that sink in. Let it sink in like a male anglerfish. 
I this would be such a good horror story too. <laughs> it is. I don't know. It feels like one of those like Greek god stories, which is meant to be like romantic, but is just like super grotesque. <laughs> like yeah. the fish gives up its eyes and its organs and its skin to his match, and then they share in the same blood. Like it feels very poetic, but like horrible. It's just like so codependent. Yeah, it's potentially romantic, but it's so parasitic and like there's no end to like jokes about this you know (laughs) like I feel like you could just go on and on like about the metaphor like the the, metaphor metaphor is real (laughs) (laughs) Uh, just be glad you're not an anglerfish that's that's all I'm gonna say about it apparently Uh. I can't even get a text back (laughs) (laughs) these female anglers be like hey hey men (laughs) If you were in the deep sea, you'd be all over me. Yeah. I would literally be giving you my blood. I would be the only thing keeping you alive. Yeah, exactly. Man, it's just such a crazy thing. And, like, apparently this is really common. Like, not all species do this, but, like, most of the deep sea anglerfish do. Um, and I guess that makes sense. Like, like there's not really – like, they're so small because if they were bigger, like, they're just gonna – like, what's the point, basically? Like, you can have, <laughs> yeah. like, the female do all the work. And, like, if you're really big, then you're just going to slow the female down. And they don't need food or anything. They just need to find the body to fuse to. Wow. Yeah. I mean, in some cases, the male anglerfish doesn't actually fuse with the female. Uh, instead, it might be attached to, like, a long, fleshy stalk that protrudes from the female. And then this anglerfish, like the male, will grow a bit and actually become quite a nuisance to the female who will basically have to drag this free rider around and they just like hold on. So yeah, in that case, like it seems to have become like really inconvenient, but I don't know. Evolution does weird things. Evolution isn't always like, it's all random. Sometimes poor organisms have bad luck and they have to drag a big really disgusting looking male fish around (laughs) anyway so the male is able to fertilize the eggs once it's attached by releasing sperm as the female releases eggs and fertilization occurs outside the bodies or body i guess at this point now these eggs when they're released they're in a long gelatinous rope that sort of cascades down from the female's body and that rope will suck up the water around it like a sponge along with any of the male sperm that's floating around But because there's so little plankton around in the deep sea for the young fish to eat, that blob needs to get out of there. So it basically does this like little balloon situation. It like floats all the way up to the ocean surface where the eggs hatch, the young develop, and eventually they make their way back down to the deep deep depths of the ocean. Which, I don't know, there's something about that where I'm like, oh, you almost made it to like the beautiful surface of the ocean, the coral reefs. And then they go back down to the deep ocean. And I know that's just their instinct, but that just seems like kind of sad. Like they they saw like they got like the taste of the sunlight and then they had to come back. This kind of sounds like Finding Nemo as well in its own way. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of like ocean imagery here. Yeah. The sea is rife for stories. It's also interesting because the female anglerfish can live up to 30 years. Whoa. That's 30 years below the twilight zone spooky that's so cool we keep doing episodes that could be halloween episodes (laughs) this is an excellent i i didn't intend for this to be a halloween episode 
and yet here we are. This is very Halloween-y. We're going to have Should to pull have out the for stops. Halloween. Yeah, for real Halloween. Yeah. What are we going to do for Halloween? We'll have to do a really good one. Maybe we'll do like a squid or yeah. something. If anyone has like a suggestion, octopus. let us know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the anglerfish or the football fish. I mean, like the the funny thing about this fish is like it looks so crazy that I'm like, you know, the the reproduction fact is bizarre, but also like I expect that from something that looks like an anglerfish. Like you look at that and you're like, mm, you're doing something different from everything else on the planet. Yeah. Like, you're just expecting it from him. No, yeah. Like I, I would be disappointed if they didn't have a lot of weird facts. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, okay. You're just like weird on the surface. You're not like deep <laughs> down weird. They're weird to the core. Yeah. And we love like, to see it. 2012 Tumblr girls would be like, goals, it's so awkward. It's so not like other girls. <laughs> it's not like other fish. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Olivia. What a fascinating episode. I truly enjoyed that so much. It's I'm really, so it's cheered me up. So thank you. Yeah. I think this definitely is an episode that's hard to do without visuals. So we'll have to post some good ones this week yeah, totally. on Instagram. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Beyond Blathers to see those visuals. And check out our TikTok at Beyond underscore Blathers. And if you'd like to support the show, take a look at our shop update at Etsy.com slash shop slash Beyond Blathers. Tune in next week to learn more about the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Bye. Bye. Bye.